Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Reed Hampton, three years of career and volunteer experience within the Houston area. Although Reed is fairly new within the fire service, he already has the mindset of not settling for mediocrity and believes in having a strong work ethic for getting proficient at the job and that physical fitness is a key standard firefighters need to embrace. With that, I present Mr. Reed Hampton. Yeah, uh, my name is Reed Hampton. I've been in three three to four years. Um, I got started, I guess, right 2019, 2020, right when COVID stuff hit. Um, I'd worked a bunch of, you know, blue collar jobs of ranch and working at car shops and stuff like that. And I was actually in the, I worked for a band uh, that that was on the road um, as a audio engineer for them and stuff. And all that really came to a halt when no one got to do anything. Um, and then just took, it was something I'd wanted to do for a long time, just be a firefighter and had always made an excuse, you know, I can't financially, you know, can't financially do it or too busy doing this and that. And when I didn't have a job and didn't know when another job was coming, that was a perfect way to get into it. So I uh, signed up for a fire academy, did my EMT basic um, right along with it. And then, um, so yeah, somewhere in 2020, Got on as a volunteer at a neighboring at a at a local apartment, and then just worked my way up from that into a part time, part time full time as as I called it, and then um, been part time there since May of twenty one, I believe. So uh, that's where I'm at now. Actually, uh, in between departments, um, just moving to a new one to the San Antonio area from the Houston area. Um, but that's my experience. Couple of on. A little bit volunteer, a little bit part-time, and then all in the Houston area. So, Awesome, awesome. Um, So with your experience of working actual trade jobs, you know, you you mentioned engineering, and and I think you have like a construction-type background. Yeah, a little Um, bit younger, yeah. Okay. How how would you say is the transition hard going from, you know – I'm not going to say it's just a job, but like a job into a profession. Uh, I think a lot of it transferred over. Um, Like I had that hard work or that, that, that hard work ethic uh, kind of built in. I mean, you kind of had to have it through all the jobs that I've had. And I think that really, it was easier to get into that, that mentality of just always going, going and, and, and just, just put in the work. Um, But I mean, once I got into the fire service, it was, a little bit different. I, I kind of got eased into it. You know, they don't expect much of a volunteer. You're showing up and just putting in your time. Right. Um, so I didn't have the full blown rookie experience. It was kind of eased into it more so, but I did have a lot of old heads, old, just old school guys that, you know, wanted that, that old mentality. Um, but I think a lot of the skills definitely, definitely transferred over too. you know, they didn't have mm-hmm. to spend much time on how to start a saw or how to do this and that. Um, cause it was already kind of built into my past experience. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, so with you being somewhat fresh into the fire service, what is your passion? Like, what do you like to do? What's your niche? Uh, so I was brought up by a truck guy. Um, w- once we got full-time crews where I was at, we're still a combination department. Um, he's an old ladder guy from, he's a ladder captain from Houston. So, 
Um, but we don't run a true truck. Um, we, we run two engines and our reserve is a Quint, but, um, so we have to be good at everything, but I really, I think I got that passion from truck work from him and love getting on a roof, love, love venting, forcible entry search, stuff like that. Um, but I mean, if it's up to me, I'd, I'd do both of them, <laughs> you know, can I go right. inside with the nozzle and then get, go in on top and search for, you know, I just have a passion for the job and love learning and just, there's always something new to learn and, and to get better at. But if I had to pick, I'd probably say truck work. Okay. All right. If this kind of transitions perfectly to the next question. So what, uh, what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and loving this job? I think, I mean, stuff like this for one, you know, it's just, I've made a point of every morning going to work, put on a podcast. And I mean, I listen to them other than just them, but that really gets into that mindset and mm-hmm. here and, you know, get on here every week, listen to your podcast. And there's always a new motivated person with sh- showing their passion. Um, and I think that keeps my passion going, but social media, you're, you know, having a good circle of influence, you know, most of the guys that are my mentors don't even know it. And some I haven't even met, you know, but it's all just, Social media is a great tool in that aspect where I can get on my phone and scroll through and see what all these guys are doing or maybe learn something new um, and just staying consistent, um, you know, get out there, train every day. And, you know, that keeps that passion alive. I'm a big reader. I'm always finding a new book. Most of them fire service related. Okay. But, you know, there's always something to keep you inspired or, you know, that feeling of, everyone gets you go, go out to a training and you're surrounded by all those passionate guys. Right. Uh, that's a big one too, whether it's a conference or just a one day, a one day training. I remember the first one I went to, I was just kind of amazed by that, how much that fire gets not relit, but maybe burns a little hotter after that. Just mm-hmm. being surrounded by like-minded guys, especially if you're aren't, if you aren't surrounded with those kind of guys at your, at your department, you know, Absolutely. Absolutely. Not trying to throw you on the spot here, but can you name one of your favorite books? Ooh. Um, as far as like, I don't know, I read a lot of them. And some of them I found when I started, it was like everything was about being an officer or leadership. Okay. And I was like, you know, why don't, can't, I couldn't find a use for that being a, you know, rookie firefighter in the back. But then, Kind of get into like John Spear has some really good ones. The back step uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, is a great one by him. He also mindsets another one. Like all of his books are short reads, especially if you're not a big reader. I mean, right. I think 30 pages, the words are real big. It's not a long read. Um, and then I like report from engine company 82. Um, I mean, that's a given. Everyone has that one. And it's just the stories in there. Amazing. You okay. know, okay. really gives you a light into kind of the history of the fire service or at least New York and just old, old war stories. Yeah. I'd say some of John Spears, uh, definitely back step. And then, um, Josh Chase is another good one. Uh, I can't think, I think it's leading from the jump seat or, or, or back seat or something like that. I'll have okay. to go back and find that one. Okay. Um, it's another good one of just how to lead by example from the back. You know, okay. um, you don't have to be in a leadership role to lead. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I've heard a lot of report from Engine Company 82, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get my hands on that. Um, if you like Corley Moore, uh, the yep. Nine L's. Nine L's is a great one. That was really good. And it's, 
I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of meant for officers, but even if you're not an officer, you, there's so much oh, yeah. you can take away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was definitely a good read, but I, I got to get that report from company, uh, from, uh, engine, uh, engine company number 82. So, yeah, like it's a, it's a lot of short stories and it's just Dennis Smith. It's just his stories mm-hmm. from when he's in the, in the service, you know, he's got that one. He's got a report from ground zero, I think is what it's called. And it's his, okay. his interactions on a lot of the stories of, of 9-11. Okay. Uh, like I said, they're, they're a little longer, but I mean, it's just a fun read of little stories, you know, more stories basically. Absolutely. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so what are your ultimate goals, whether short-term or long-term? I mean, just be the best fireman I can be. You know, it wasn't too long ago that I had the mindset of, oh, I'll just stay in the back. You know, I enjoy being a fireman. I don't want to promote to, to anything else. Um, but then I've, I heard someone say it and it was like, you know, you need to get into the position that you can do the best good in uh, or, or the most good, I should say. Okay. You know, and if you want to make change, sometimes you have to promote into that next level. So wherever those, wherever I'm needed there, you know, to make the biggest impact on my department, on, on the fire service and just in general. Um, so as far as promoting, those are not really goals, but kind of just a mindset I have there, but just continue learning, be the best fireman I can be. I'd love to get involved in, in, in instructing, um, to get with a group and be able to go out and teach classes and stuff like that. You know, once the experience and knowledge is there. Um, and I do have plans of going to a smoke guy program. So I guess that would be the main goal right now is getting to a point where, where I can do that. Okay. Uh, Indiana or Georgia or Georgia? Uh, I'll probably do Georgia or Oklahoma since it's close. That's right. Oh, I keep forgetting about Oklahoma has a smoked out program too. Okay. Yeah, I think their upcoming class is class four. So it, it hasn't been around for, for, for too long. Okay. And are you in any of those processes or not right now? No, not, not right now. I mean, I'm training for it currently and trying to, you know, just training for it. Um, with changing departments, I wasn't, I probably would have tried to go on the next, this upcoming class. Right. Uh, right. I don't get through a probationer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that, no. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. So, totally get that. Totally get that. Okay. Um, so if you do reach the point of where you can get on a training cadre, which there's plenty in down in Texas. So I, I don't yeah. think you'll have, you'll have a, a, you definitely have a plethora of choices. Uh, what would you teach? What would be your, your skill? I don't know. I don't know if I've ever thought of that. Um, I think search, like I, I, that's something we've always, I've always focused on and really enjoyed doing. So like search or maybe it definitely be like a truck side, something maybe red or uh, ventilation, stuff like that. Okay. Maybe just like a truck work in general. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, in your opinion, what key elements or factors are needed to make a good firefighter regardless of rank? I think passion and maybe integrity or consistency. Um, well, you got to have that passion, you know, um, but I think that consistency will keep the passion. Uh, if you stay out show up every day, do the right thing, get out there and train and just get a little bit better every day. I think that keeps the passion going. Um, but yeah, just passion and then the consistency to keep going and just doing the, you know, we all get in that, everybody can get in that point of complacency or maybe just coming back and off just a little bit of something 
And it just takes that little bit of passion to push it. Um, you know, and then it can get other people going, you know, if you got that passion going, if the guy's sitting inside and you're out there every day working, a lot of people are going to come join you. And that just keeps that passion within the crew, within the department or the shift. Um, so yeah, just keeping that passion and that consistency. And I think it all works together and just creates a very consistent fireman that's getting better every shift. Right. Keep doing that. By the end of the career, you'll have a very fulfilled and uh, successful career. Okay. All right. Um, so are there, are there certain elements or certain characteristics you look for in a department? Cause you know how like departments will try to, they, they want the best candidate, but I don't know if people really like if a fireman ever figure out, you know, well, what kind of department do I want? So yeah. like, are there, what, what features or elements would, would a department need for you to be like, Oh, I want to go there. Yeah. I think culture is one like a very close knit, just traditional culture of guys that, you know, eat together, train together, work out together. Um, that's a big one. And then just like, you know, the tradition training, like was a big thing for me. I was a guy that like, I'll, I'll train all day. I just, I, I love going out there and training. So it was culture training. And then just when it came to like how they posted that, that job opening, uh -huh. when it was, you know, a, you can have department A that lists all their benefits, how much they pay you and how much time you get off. And right. then department B that says we're aggressive interior firefighters. I'm like, all right, cool. That's, that's where I want to go. Cause they're, you know, that's where their focus is, is on the mentality and, and, and the culture there as opposed to, you know, what the job part of it actually offers. Um, that's something I always looked for or noticed, I guess, on job posting is like, that's the department I'd like to work for, you know, where it's, yeah, they'll tell you how much you're going to make and what the schedule is, how mm -hmm. many days you get off or whatever, but how do they operate on the fire ground? What's the culture at that department? You know, does the, are the chiefs letting them go out and do what needs to be done? Stuff like that. Right. Right. Uh, it's, it's funny you mention that because, uh, you know, I've seen all kinds of different advertisements for fire departments, like you stated, you know, just kind of lists, the generic 401k contributions, blah, 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 blah. And then you have some that are doing a new twist where like, if they're, if, if it's a, if it's a department that has more than one station, they'll have the different station patches. And then mm -hmm. they'll tell you the schedule, smooth bore nozzles, true <laughs> engine companies, true truck yeah. companies, no medicals. I've seen one with no medicals. I'm like, wow. I see that a lot. Rocked a lot of people there to go, Oh, no medicals. Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different way of um, trying to get candidates, but I'm sure when it's, when a, if a go-getter sees that they're like, Oh, like that pops out to the more than the yeah, standard. I, I think you get better firemen and better applicants by doing that. Cause you get the person that that appeals to, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you weed out the guy that just wants to, you know, so many days offers looking for a certain salary and grand, we all have to make, we all have to make a living and support our family. Right. But I think you, when you just, or when you focus the posting on that, you get a lot of better applicants that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what, uh, I just want to ask, uh, what schedule do you currently work? Uh, 4896. 4896. Okay. All right. Um, 
And that's pretty, that's pretty much all you know right now, right? Because I mean, there are different kinds. That's all I've worked, other than you know, some work picking up four days in a row when I was part time and just trying to pick up open days. Okay, um, worked just a lot of a lot of days there, but that's always been the schedule is forty eight ninety six. Okay, all right. Um, with you preparing for a future uh, smoke diver program, how important is physical fitness to you, and why? I, I just want. Because I mean, you, you've been in the fire service for three years now. So as a as a young man coming in, I just want you to let others know why it's important, why physical fitness is an important factor. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge thing, especially now that we're not, you know, there's not everyone's not going to three fires a shift or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a little different than just putting in work, and working in gear is a totally different thing than being fit. When I came in, like, yeah, I've worked out. I've played sports in high school and carried that through college. And, you know, I went to the gym, lifted weights. You know, I didn't do any cardio. And it was a big eye-opening experience the first time you needed to put a lot of work in that gear in the middle of summer in South Texas. It's a game changer, you know. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest deal, too, is, like, you don't need to go be a bodybuilder or be a marathon runner. Um you know, I think some of the best workouts are just little circuits and, you know, little bottle burners. Just get out there and do some up downs or push ups or, you know, push a sled around, stuff like that. Tire flips, you know. Um, but yeah, I've gotten really focused on the fitness stuff. The department I was at, um, I was in charge of that and, you know, write up little, little workouts. And I found it really challenging to get some people that wanted to just go out and do anything at all. You know, it's, I got the argument of, well, well, what if we catch a fire? Well, what if we get three fires today? I don't mean, you know, it's getting, there's no difference there. Right. Uh, you know, it's like, if that's what's stopping you, if catching a fire is what's stopping you from working out, you probably really need that workout. Like you're probably not in shape to do this job anyways. Right. Uh, you know, and yeah, no, we, I'm not going to go try to, you know, the hardest workout I've ever done on shift. Of course, of course. I've, I've made that mistake before where you're gassed and hoping for a little longer response. You can catch your breath before, before that fire. Um, but yeah, it's so, it's so important. I mean, it's one of the biggest aspects of it now. And I think it gets a lot of places you take a pat test to get in mm-hmm. and then you, you don't ever have to revisit that level of, 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 of fitness ever again. You know, there's not one to, there's not, you don't have to do that again to promote. You don't have to do that yearly to stay, you know, and a lot of people, we were looking at doing one just to gauge everyone's, to gauge where they were at. And I mean, people made every argument in the book to not do it. I was like, well, well, you're not going to get fired over this. Just go out. We want to see where you're at. So, you know, where you can get better. Um, And that was hard for me to wrap because I didn't understand it. I was like, but I'm, you know, for guys that are out there doing it every day, you know, that's just part of the lifestyle. And I think it's, it's not about a goal to get somewhere. It's just, you know, uh, enjoying the journey, you know, um, you know, the, what's the saying? The guy that, that likes to walk will walk way further than the guy that, you know, is just walking for the, for the end goal. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's also, and that's just happened recently is just a change in mindset of just keep going every day and that's enjoy that process. And it becomes a lot, a lot easier. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, you know, it's not, 
cardio or condition conditioning, it's just been able to keep going in that gear. And, you know, it's a big game changer, especially in the summertime. Oh yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, when it's hot in t-shirt and shorts, then you throw all that gear on and get weighted down. It's, it's a game changer, but I mean, you've got to be prepared for that. Cause that's, what's going to happen on any call you make, you know, we had, you know, it's, and it even, you can be used to it, you know, be your, it's hot all the time down here in Texas. And we had a day the other day that we were all beat, you know, catch a fire, go, um, had, had an extrication and we're out there in the sun and just melting, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but it's, it prepares your body for that. And at least it's also prepares your mind, you know, you can get to that point where you want to quit and work through that. And that way you failed or known that feeling when there weren't any lives on the line or there weren't, you know, no one else, no one else is going to suffer from you having to work through that or fight that, you know, fight your brain there of like, Hey, I'm not going to quit. Just, you know, pause and keep going. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that working out with the gear on, man, that is a game changer for sure. I mean, from the heat trap, to the weight, to how it limits your mobility. Um, yeah, like doing push-ups with an SCBA on, you're like, oh my gosh. Like, it's just, it's a different, it's just a different, uh, I'm trying to figure out the word. Like, if I do a, a push-up with, like, a, either a long sleeve or, or a cotton sweatshirt on, you know, I can knock them out. But when you got that pack and the gear on, man, it, it definitely yeah. slows, it changes your tempo. And then the biggest thing you want to do is, want to open up your zipper or take your hood off to get all that heat out, man. But if you can get your body acclimated to, especially um, I'm sure Texas summers are hot, but North Carolina summers, we have like humidity on top Mm -hmm. of it. So it just makes it sticky and nasty. So yes, definitely working out. And I know not everybody wants to work out with gear. Um, We're not saying you have to do it all the time, but I mean, I try to do it at least maybe once a week, every two weeks, just so my body can get used to that for sure. Yeah, just keep that going. Yeah, you, every workout doesn't have to be in that, you know, and that's, I've told you guys work out like, hey, I'm working towards something that's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to follow, follow this, but maybe just put the gear on and go for a jog on the treadmill or, you know, just like you said, basic push up, basic push ups and stuff like that. Because um, like that heat trap is the biggest thing for me. It's like, like you said, like you immediately want to start opening stuff and uh-huh. take that mask off and, um, and yeah, things are way harder in gear. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bear crawl the other day with a pack on my back. I was like, "Why am I doing this right?" <laughs> I, I did the uh, I did the the Mueller workout that whoever came up with it. Yes, and like, and I'm like, "Oh, bear crawl." Okay, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, okay. By the time I was done with that, I felt <laughs> I felt like, man, am I that out of shape? But it's not what it is. It's just the fact that you're having to do all that with your gear on and like the up downs, the bottom, my, the cylinder kept hitting the top of my helmet. So I like took it off to make sure the pack was cinched down. Right. And it was like, whoever came up with that, it didn't look bad when you no. wrote it down on the board, but when you actually did it, I'm like, this was brutal. Yeah. I said the same thing. I was like, Oh, this won't be too bad. And then it was just, everything kicked my butt. I was yep. like, man, this is killer. It was, it was terrible, it was, but in a good way, but it was yeah. like, definitely, I underestimated that workout mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, what would you say to a hungry, eager, motivated firefighter such as yourself 
uh, if you if you met another one who felt like his department or crew was holding him back from from being aggressive, you know, or or they're just too complacent. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, especially if you're early on in your career. Um, like I said, we were a combination, so I had a lot of different, you know, I'd get a new person, a new crew every shift in, in the beginning of my career. And some of it I was I was put in that put in that situation. And it's hard to not get bitter about it or you know kind of angry at, at the crew and the guys because because they don't want to do anything but you know it doesn't you don't have to have anyone out else with you you know you don't need permission to go out and band train um and i'd say start with that you know if you go out start working you know scba familiarization or practice masking up or forcing doors or you know just anything you can go you know, if you have a hydrant next to the station, you don't need the truck or anyone to pump it. Just, you know, you can flow a little water there. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of times, like, those guys will come out. You know, if you get to work in, they don't want to be seen as lazy. So they'll, they'll come out and train with you. Um, and then, I mean, if I guess after that, you know, it, you may need a hard conversation. Um, you know, sit up there with the captain or your driver or other firefighters and tell them that you want to train more. Uh, more, you know, they're not, most guys won't tell you no, right. um, you know, but that's what I found is a lot of the times they don't, they don't see that. Maybe they're an old head that's been in for 30 years and, you know, they've forgotten what that part of their career was like. But once you sit down and be like, Hey Cap, I really want to, you know, go out and practice on this or just, just train in general. And, you know, a lot of times they'll immediately take you out and do it. You know, it's just, they had, they need to be reminded that you want to do that. And that's what they need to be doing. Um, but yeah, get out and, you know, if you can go to conferences or trainings, you know, it's getting a lot easier now. When I first started, I didn't know about any of these mini conferences. Right. Like I knew FDIC and it's like, I can't afford uh-huh. to Annapolis, you know, but now, I mean, they're everywhere, you know, and they were there when I didn't know about them, but it's, it's just getting out and looking. I would take, start looking for these trainings. You know, there's little one day trainings that, we have a lot of fools chapters around, um, you know, and they, they've got stuff every month, you know, get connected with one of the fools chapters or, you know, find, find some other like-minded guys, you know, especially one training, you can meet so many people that can help you there. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, just get out there, get to work. You don't need permission to go, go train, have those conversations and then just get out and find like-minded guys, whether that's, Social media, you know, I've met a bunch of people that, you know, I've learned a lot from just on social media or, you know, books. You know, there's plenty of plenty of resources out there to get better. Um, and that's all you can control is yourself. So just as long as you're working and getting better, you know, if it gets to a point where you need to, you know, leave and go somewhere else, but, you know, go to another station, try another station, try another department if you have to, you know, don't jump around to see if the grass is greener on the other side, but you know, you can always make yourself better. And a lot of times you'll make people around you better by doing that. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, just a couple of quick questions. I just like to ask, um, do you wear Scott or MSAs? Scott. Scott. Okay. Uh, for your, are your mask or is your mask preset for, you know, a, a sub sub 30 mask up times or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Mine is. Um, I kind of go in between having it actually taped up, uh-huh. 
Um, Cause they seem to stretch out a lot and then I need that extra pull on it. Okay. Uh, but I will preset them. Either just not tape. My mask isn't taped down, but it is preset where I just have to yank one with a zip tie on it. So you can put a gloved thumb through, but. Okay. Okay. Um, I was going to ask, do you, uh, when you come off the rig, are your gloves already on? Yeah. So the Houston area and most of the guys around there, um, they'll all come off the rig with a mask on, you know, unless I know I'm going to be doing, we're going to be doing something where I won't need that mask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're first, second, third do, um, I'm coming off with a mask on gloves on ready to go. Okay. All I just clip in. And that's part of our staffing too. Um, you know, we're running with three, we've got our other truck coming with three and then we're waiting on mutual aid at that point. Okay. Um, so we're pretty much guaranteed to be, be going to work for a good bit of time. Right. Um, you know, there's not, I'm and with three man truck, like I'm pulling that line and then bringing tools to force that door and doing a lot of work right there. Um, so that's, I think that's just the, maybe a culture of the, of the region that, that, that comes from. Cause I know a lot mm-hmm. of people all around the Houston area. Um, that's kind of the mindset there is come off with the mask on ready to go to work. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it seems like that's, seems like I'm in, inter- I've interviewed more and more people where they have three and th- their staffing is um, not the greatest, but at the same time, when they arrive on scene, it's, it's nothing for them to go through two or three cylinders before, mm-hmm. before it's yeah. downtime. Yeah, it's definitely we're gonna go. We're, we're gonna go through a few, um, at, at least two, because um, yeah, I mean we're still waiting. You know, it's another at least ten minutes, I guess, before we're getting getting that mutual aid. And you know, we ride three, try to keep three on the other truck, but sometimes it's two. You know, you're just an officer's gonna come join you, and the driver's gonna be there helping yeah. ours. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of work of getting there, get a knockdown, and then maybe you're searching back back from that fire to see anybody and then the other crews coming in and they're finishing that search or going to the roof or something like that. You know, um, okay. you're going to have to come out get another bottle and keep going. Um, and that's another thing goes back into the fitness is having that conditioning to be able to work in gear for 30 minutes. You know, we've yeah. all got some Houston that that mindset was passed on them because, you know, they they show up with a hundred people. Yeah, you know, go and do something, and then that's it. Like, right? Better make sure you get all that air used because you're not going to get to go back in and do anything. Um, and it's almost the total opposite for us. You know, we're very—I won't say rural because it's a lot of. It's it's a weird district. You know, there's a lot of areas where we have a bunch of grass fires, and there's also brand new neighbor, uh, uh, brand new neighborhoods and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. You kind of got to be, got to know, know everything, but also, you know, we, like I said, we put in a lot of work. It's, um, there's not a lot of people or it's going to be a little bit before we have help. So. Okay. All right. Uh, with you coming off the truck with your mask on, I'm sure you probably have, but, uh, or I'm not sure if you have heard it, but, um, have you heard the, the trick with Dawn soap? Yep. Okay. All right. Cause I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, what? I thought somebody was, I thought they were screwy. They're like, <laughs> yeah. put some Dawn soap on yeah. there, you know, put a good layer and then just let it dry. And I'm like, and then what's, what's going to, they're like, it keeps it from not fogging up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I thought they were fooling me. So I didn't do it. 
And so I kept hearing it and hearing it. So I tried it and I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. This, this actually does work. Well, I heard that in the very beginning. And I, you know, immediately like, okay, someone showed me, put a little bit of drop and you rub it in and then kind of let it dry and you can wipe off any excess to that point. Uh-huh. And there was a point, I think I forgot to do it one time or like grabbed a, like a ma mask I used for training or something. We were doing a, a little burn and that thing fogged up immediately inside. I couldn't see anything. And I was like, all right, this is like, that works 100%. Right. It's right. probably one of the most useful tricks you'll ever learn. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, at first I thought they were, I was just like, man, they're, they're Joshua. me. They're, they're just, they're messing with me. And then I finally tried it and I was like, damn. Like, that's crazy to think. Or, and I've also seen other people say, if you don't want to use Dawn, Dawn dish soap, you can actually go to like AutoZone, uh, Pet Boys, whatever, and get like, you know, the the actual, uh, it, it it's like one of those sprays or whatever you put on your mask. Oh, and it actually like, works. okay. Like, like, a, like a, a defogger or whatever, like that, okay, that'll work yeah. too. So I just didn't know if you knew, uh, but no, I mean, that was a pretty cool yep. tip though that I heard. That was probably one of the first, tricks i ever got taught was was that one okay yeah. okay awesome i'm pretty sure i got given a mask and then immediately shown do this to your mask so very grateful for that because i meet people that you know heard it later on it's like oh i just thought this was something yeah everybody yeah no absolutely absolutely because I, I did too because i was like ah oh, no nah, all right whatever and then i tried it and i was like okay no they, they're, they're they're legit so that's cool for sure uh in your opinion what do you think the at least what do you think of one thing the American fire service can improve on? Yeah. I don't know if I have enough time in to answer this question. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll, I would say, I think there, I see a lot of older guys later in their career that miss the chance to really mentor some of these younger guys. They get to a point where they're, they get complacent and that wears off on this younger guy. And I think they miss out on a lot of passion you get early on in that career. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some of that goes with uh, lesser call volume, at least when it comes to fires, um, you know, guys that never had to run medical calls and now they're pretty disgruntled about that. Um, and, you know, go into that type of department. Uh, but I would just say, that and then maybe that's also like letting them know about all these little conferences you know they may not want to go to them but let let that that person know that all this is out there or not waiting for them to ask to go to a training to send them you know like i had that early on like i didn't know there was all this training mm -hmm. you know well you know i mentioned like oh well, why couldn't i've gone to that it's like, oh you never asked like why well, didn't know it existed right you know? so like putting all that out there and letting them, giving them all the tools to be, to, to be better. Um, and I, that's, you know, easier said than done. I mean, you're, but maybe the, the non-complacent guy of really spreading that, that mindset and, and that knowledge to people taking every opportunity you have to really teach someone and, and, and mentor someone um, to be the best they can be. No, I mean, I, I understand your, your sentiments on, you know, not, I mean, you've been on for at least three years, so you do have some knowledge. You're on a department that has actually run calls. So the way I look at it is, I mean, I don't want to say, yeah, if, 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 
if an individual's never been in the fire service and they've only had six months on, I get it. But like, if you've got at least two years on, then yeah, I think I think you you should have that individual should have enough experience where they can see where maybe you know that they, they can improve on this or that. But I like what you stated because you know a lot of the old guys, like especially you might have the newer generation now there that when they come in, they had that senior man who's been on for twenty plus years and right. they kind of don't want to take advice from them if they're willing to give it. But then you also have on the flip side, the young generation comes in and the senior guy wants nothing to do with them. And mm-hmm. that's where there's a, there's a, there's like a shame there because you should, as long as that individual is willing to listen, man, you should yeah. be able to just tell them everything, you know? Yeah. I think some of that comes from them not knowing things that they knew when, when, when they came in and it's just, they learn a different way and you've got to change your, you know, change how you teach them. And, you know, yeah, maybe you have to show them what kind of fuel goes in the saw instead of how you're, how we cut holes. Right. Um, you know, and I, I guess that's more patience and an open mind to change something, but I guess training would be the biggest thing. Maybe, um, you know, we, between just maybe, realistic fire training or just training in general um would be the biggest thing that that we can improve on um but also like that's focused on my one my experience at one department mm-hmm. um, but i think as a whole you know a lot of, there's some guys that get too wrapped around safety stuff to have a realistic training experience um when it comes to you know acquired structures or what we're actually burning inside those training buildings yeah no absolutely absolutely right i mean you can only safety this this job so much i mean yes it's good to to be safe to be knowledgeable in building construction telling uh being able to read the art of what the fire is telling you what this color smoke how the smoke's pushing out it's uh um i always have brain farts when i'm trying to speak uh the smoke's velocity, the velocity, the the yeah. if it's turbulent or whatnot. So yeah, there's 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 things that we can do to help each other along with the newer generation. Because um, spoiler alert to any of any seasoned vets out there, our time is coming soon where we will have to bow out and we will no longer be able to do this job. So why not give yeah. this newer generation, like I said, if they're willing to listen, because you do have individuals that come in that come in this job that don't want to listen to the old heads you know they think they know it all and i get it if you've tried and they don't want to listen then yeah they got to figure it out on their own but if you do have an individual that that that's willing to listen like hey man i want you to teach me this stuff unfortunately i wasn't uh, i wasn't raised where my parents have like a chainsaw and showed me hey this is how you use it or this is how you run uh, whatever the case may be, a, a lot of this generation doesn't have that. So it's our job to teach that to them. So mm-hmm. I, I, I totally get your, your sentiments on that hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think. Go, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, I've, you're, you're good. <laughs> we'll get to the next. Okay. Um, no, I, I mean, I, that's pretty much it. I mean, we, we've wrapped all, all, all the questions up, but, um, is there anything else you want anyone to know? Any listeners out there to know? Like any message or, or uh, yeah, I think tips? we touched on everything, you know, like that was my big deals of just 
knowing, or I guess, and that's from my own experience of what, what I wish had happened of wishing known, knowing there was all these trainings and all this stuff and the, the ability to go out and have some actual realistic fire training. Um, when you're talking about all the reading, the smoke and all that, like a, a new firefighter is not going to know what any of that means if they haven't right. seen it. A lot, you know, a lot of people learn by seeing something and more, not even like a video. There's not a lot of videos out there of stuff like that. Yeah, no absolutely. There, no one's there to take that picture in the first second to truck. Um, so yeah, like getting out there and getting the acquired structures and stuff like that. And I think that's the biggest thing that I wish was could, could change of more realistic training. We can go out and and see how it's going to be in how it's going to be in real life, um, whether that's you know, the academies or once you get to the department, but yeah, yeah, definitely take the time. If you're new, take the time to come in, coming in to learn what, wherever station, whatever truck you're on, whatever, you know, unit you're assigned to take the time and ask questions. I mean, I know some old heads hate that, but ask questions. If you, this, to me, the dumbest answer is the one you don't ask because like, yeah. if, I, I don't know everything. So sometimes I'll ask a question and then they'll be like, Oh, it's such and such. And I'm like, okay. And it's like, now, you know, so if you don't yeah. know, just ask, that's uh, yeah. yeah. And it's asking the why too. So you understand why you're doing it. Not, and that's a, a generational thing. I think is you had guys that this is how we do it. Okay. So you, so you just do it that way. And I think a lot of, younger kids now like they want to know the why and that's important you know if you know why you're manipulating that halog in a certain way on that door you can understand why all the other tricks will work or maybe find a new trick for it um you know, if you understand the why on everything of why we're cutting here or you know why you're putting the water here um i think that's a a big thing that helps understand what you're doing absolutely and like you stated there are so many conferences out there now that, you know, you didn't know. I didn't know until I started listening to podcasts. Like, what are they talking about? I mean, I knew FDIC. Of course, that was the big one. Right. It's like, man, I don't have the money to go to FDIC. But now that there's so many different micro conferences, especially in Texas, Florida, mm -hmm. uh, uh, various locations up north. Uh, I know Michigan. So, yeah, definitely take the time, do some research, go on social media and, and find they're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're popping up. So take the time, get out of your own wheelhouse. Um, go get out and train with other individuals, man, because you don't know what you don't know. And I've stated that before plenty of times. Um, Absolutely. So, um, I appreciate having you. Um, yeah, thanks for was, having me on. It was a good conversation. Um, I wish you the best of luck and you thank your you. Future, your future endeavors coming up here shortly. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe after like a year or two, I'll communicate back and see how, how things are going. Absolutely. All right, man. It was good. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.